in West Des Moines. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Mitch Holt is coming up in about 25 minutes as the Chiefs get back on the field. Sunday night football, NBC Chiefs, Broncos, AFC West, heavyweight bout. Can we go there, Trent? No. No, can't. It's going to be ugly, isn't it? Yes, indeed. I can't get a read on your Broncos. Yeah, your Broncos are a tough team to read. One team that isn't very difficult to read in the NFL is the Chicago Bears. They're not very good. No. Yet, I read an article yesterday on one of the Bears websites. You know, they're not too far away from the playoffs. David Kaplan, are you buying it? Bears are just a game out of having a chance, just maybe, maybe, of being a playoff team. I don't know if that's for the best. Yeah, I have a son. I have four sons, but my youngest son, Brett, diehard Chicago sports fan more than anyone else other than me and the family. We're watching TV the other day, Sunday. And they put up, you know, division leaders, wild card, mm-hmm. still in the hunt or in the hunt. Jazz, we're in the hunt, it says. I said, yeah, just wait till Arizona yeah. comes through here and then we go to Green Bay. And that will not be accurate. No, that, that'll that come to a screeching halt. But at this point, Cap, though, right, it's all about Fields and, and his progress between now. And we know he's coming back off an injury, and maybe it's maybe it's not this week that he plays. So so help us out with that. Is it going to be this week that he plays? But then, f- bigger picture, it's all about his development now, between now uh, and the finale. Yeah, that's all it is. And at the end of the year, you have to know they we got that pick right. That's the guy. Now, I think we've seen enough to know that based on what we've seen and what we knew of him coming in from Ohio State. Does he play this weekend? They have it said. Matt talked about his toughness. He has cracked ribs. Look, if the doctor says no risk here whatsoever, a little shot of Toradol and a Kevlar vest, and he can go and he can't do any more damage to it, okay. If the kid thinks he can do it, let's go. But if the doctor said, yeah, you know what, it's 85% that he can go, no, I'm not playing him. My team's not good. I think there's massive change coming into the organization. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that I'd have to know without a doubt that he's medically cleared 100%. Cap, wide receiver's been an issue here. Allen Robinson's not going to be back. Moody, at least it's a piece, but... I don't see him developing into a number one option. Just how much work needs to be done at that wide receiver group? And speaking of receivers, what about Cole Komet? You see glimpses at least, but I just don't know. I don't know what it's there for him. The pass catcher's going forward for the Bears. So Allen Robinson won't be back, and I think that's a good thing. Not that I don't like him as a player, but he's not elite. Mm-hmm. He is not a top ten receiver. You know, there's all this... Hubbalaloo that, oh my God, he's a top 10 receiver and he should be paid accordingly. No, he doesn't have top end speed. He's not a top end athlete. He's a really good football player. 20 million a year for that? Stop yourself. No chance. So they're going to move on from him. 
you're exactly right. Darnell Mooney is not a number one. He's a number two slash three. That's a really good football player. But, no, he's not your game-breaking number one guy. See, that's what you have to address. I like Cole Komet very, very much. I like him a lot. He's, he had a really good game last week. He's being used a lot as an inline blocker. They showed a set where they had Justin Fields in the shotgun. They had Cole Komet and David Montgomery in the backfield. Montgomery chipped and picked up a blitzing linebacker. And Cole Komet read the play, came across the face of Justin Fields, and picked up the defensive end that was going to be getting to the quarterback who had beaten Jason Peters as he blocked down on an interior guy. So he's being used a lot more as a quasi-blocker than he is as a receiver. But the last few weeks, he looks much better as a receiver. And I think you get the right system in here, the kid the quarterback develops, you're going to really like Cole Komet. Uh, Cap, I know I, I read one of your tweets from it was either yesterday or earlier today, and maybe you were just trying to you know uh, get under a Green Bay Packers fan's skin. Uh, with and, but your but the premise is right. I mean, uh, the Lions have Goff, the Vikings have Cousins, who I'd like, but I'm not sure he'll get you over the you know to, uh, the hump to a Super Bowl. What are you hearing on Aaron Rodgers? And I think that was essentially it, right? That Fields is about to take over supremacy at the quarterback position in the NFC North, which isn't crazy to think that, you know, once Rodgers does walk away. Do you think he is going to walk away? What have you heard, Cap? Anything? I have only heard that he feels like after this year, he wants to see how the Packers utilize his, not his football skills, his football knowledge skills. Are we going to go get this receiver? Are we going to pay Devontae Adams, which I'm sure they will, massive money? What are we doing with Randall Cobb? Is Jordan Love going to stay here as the backup? Like, he wants to be involved in all these discussions. If he's not, and in the past he has not been, then I think he leaves. And the fan that you referenced that I tweeted at was no fan. That was Mark Tauscher, who played, (laughs) what, 12 years for the Packers on the O-line, and now is my teammate. Uh, in Good Karma Brands that owns my radio station. They own ESPN Milwaukee and ESPN Madison, where he's the morning drive host. So he and I are friends, and yeah, I love to tweak the (laughs) opposing players. I think it probably got the message received. Yep. No doubt. Cap, we know that Nagy, for all intents and purposes, it's over. They're, yeah, I guess they could win out and he could save his job again. And it'd be, what, a playoff coach three out of four years, which would be pretty impressive. But that aside, what about Ryan Pace? Where are we with him and even higher organizationally? A lot of talk about Ted Phillips, what happens there. Start with Pace, and if there's anything else, we can see the structure maybe of the Bears changing. So, look, I like Ryan very much. I've developed a nice relationship with him. But I also am very honest in doing my job that he has performed at a substandard level. And has he made some good picks? Yes. I just don't think he's very good at roster construction. Yeah, you can hit on Jordan Howard in the fifth round, Darnell Mooney in the fifth round, Eddie Jackson in the fourth round. But when you go into a season and Kendall Vildor is your second cornerback, he's starting at the other corner, opposite Jalen Johnson because you've mismanaged the cap to the point where you got to let Kyle Fuller walk and he hasn't had a great year in Denver, but you don't replace him. 
I have my problems with how he's done his job, and he's been the GM for seven years, and he has zero playoff wins to show for it. And at that point, when you miss on three top ten picks out of four of them, Roquan, he hit a home run on. Now, I truly believe that my late grandmother could have made that pick. (laughs) They were going to take Quinton Nelson or Roquan Smith. Quinton was off the board. They took Roquan. He will be maybe, maybe the best linebacker in Bears history when he's done. Certainly, Erlacher, Singletary, and Butkus all went to the Hall of Fame. So, okay, maybe he'll be number four on the list. He's going to be a great, great football player. But he's made more than his share of mistakes from trading up for Mitch Trubisky to Leonard Floyd to Kevin White. Those are all horrific top ten picks. So I think at this point, you want to kick him upstairs because he's got football knowledge, that's fine. You need a new voice running football operations. Centurion Stone sponsors our conversation every week with David Kaplan, Centurion Stone of Iowa. Cap, uh, you've told us many times, is, is Chicago's a pro city. It's pro sports. Uh, college very seldom moves the needle. Having said that, did Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, I would think if there is anything that's going to, you know, a college story that's going to find its way into sports talk in the Windy City, it would be maybe a Notre Dame story of this magnitude. Did Brian Kelly walking out on his potentially playoff team uh, to LSU, did that, uh, how big of a talker was it in Chicago? How he left was a talker. The fact that going to be Marcus Freeman or Luke Fickle or Pat Fitzgerald or whoever ends up taking that job or getting that job that yeah we talked about it very briefly the fact that Brian Kelly was in a recruit's home when this for Notre Dame when the story broke and the recruit goes hey coach there's a story here you're going to LSU I mean (laughs) and then his players find out through social media he sends them a 10 o'clock at night, a text message. Yes, I'm not going to be there anymore. I'm leaving Notre Dame. We'll talk more tomorrow when we meet at 7 a.m. And the meeting turned into, we, we confirmed this today. Two minutes. Two minutes. He met with his team, and he left, would not take any questions, got on his private jet, and flew down to accept LSU, where he's going to get paid $95 million guaranteed, plus bonuses, which could push it north of $100 million. Mm. God bless him. I have no problem with someone bettering themselves. He's there 11 years. He's built a really good program. He hasn't won a national title. But the way he handled it, I don't understand how you can't. And, again, I've never been in that situation. How can you not say to the LSU people, let's get this done. You cannot do anything until I get back in front of my feet. They cannot find out on social media. So you guys want me as your coach? You're going to pay me $100 bucks. Good. Then I need you to fly to South Bend. We will meet at my house. And as soon as we shake hands, I will have a text go out, mandatory football meeting in 60 minutes, be at the facility. That's the way you handle it. Not I'm out recruiting for Notre Dame and we get a deal done. And I, by the time I get back to campus, everyone's furious with him. I just think he handled it very poorly. Uh, the good news is at least he showed up because we've seen plenty of coaches that won't even do that. It is uh, yeah. a text message, I'm out, and that is the end of the story. At the very least, though it was for two minutes, jeez, two minutes, he did at least face of their, I guess, credit 
on that front. Hey, Cappy, I want to ask you about the Bulls. I've had this on the dock in the last couple of weeks. I check in from time to time. Our markets are much different as we talk about here. I know how important the Bulls are there. Fun team, 14-8. and eight. They get up and down the floor. I've... In, I've been very interested, much more interested in this team than I have in the past. It's been uneven the last couple of weeks. Where are you at right now with the Bulls about 20 games in? I'm really excited by how they're playing. I see effort defensively. I see connectivity. I've talked to you guys before. When I was coaching, that's how we were trained, that good defense is connected defense. All five guys working together. So as a player, if I'm going to pass a guy off because I'm getting screened, Kenny's calling it out. Trent is rotating over to help. We never saw that from the Bulls in the last four or five years. Mm -hmm. It was a scattered approach at best to how they played defense. And then offensively, you know, there are people here who have been tweeting, but I don't know about this Vucevic guy. He's not very good. (laughs) He was out with COVID, and so he was struggling. He looked amazing the other night. What did he score, 30? He had five assists. He had 14 rebounds. I mean, they've got a lot of firepower. Do they have enough size inside to win a title? As currently constructed, I don't think they do. I don't think they have enough solid, consistent three-point shooting where they can negate the lack of size. So I think there are still moves that have to be made, but I think this is absolutely a top-five seed in the East if they stay healthy. And let's see where it goes. But they look really, really good. Speaking of moves that still have to be made, I'm guessing if you pulled Cubs fans, they would give you that exact answer. Jan Gomes, I mean, they hadn't replaced Caratini. They had to do that. And then maybe Clint Fraser, who is apparently going to sign. Uh, he's flamed out so far. He was a uh, highly coveted piece. And who's what farm system was he? And where did he come from? Indians? Are the, they Guardians? Indians and the Andrew Miller deal. Right. Right, he went to the Yankees for Andrew Miller, uh, but has but hasn't lived up to what they thought he was going to be. So these two moves, Cap, a far cry from I think what Cubs fans, Cubs fans have hoped for. Am I missing anybody? And what works still? What what's still out there for them? Well, there's still 300 free agents out there in Major League Baseball. Not all of them elite players, obviously. Correa is still out there. Trevor Story is still out there. Nick Castellanos is still out there. There's plenty of talent out there. Buster only tweeted this morning that the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Giants, and you can lump the Cubs in there as a major market team as well, are all keeping their powder dry and waiting to see when the lockout ends, which the lockout's expected to go into force at 10.59 p.m. Chicago time tonight, that when you get locked out, you can't talk to the team doctors. You can't work with the team trainers. You cannot be on the grounds of the spring training facility to work out. Like Tommy Hottaby, the pitching coach, cannot pick up the phone and call Kyle Hendricks. Hey, man, how's your offseason? Not allowed. That you are literally forbidden from any contact. So everything's going to grind to a halt. But when they signed Jan Gomes yesterday, 34-year-old catcher, solid defender, good leader, hit 221. I'm telling you that was a shot to tell you they're going to trade Wilson Contreras. Mm. Uh, do I think that's a smart move? I do not. I think it's a ridiculously dumb move. But that's what I keep hearing, that they think Wilson's a little too fiery. and Rather than extend him, let's trade him now. I don't agree, but I don't get paid to make those decisions. We'll find out if they're right or if they're wrong. But, yeah, they have done literally nothing to improve their team. 
Wade Miley, he's okay. Yeah, 35 like years yep. old. Yeah, okay. He's like a number four starter for you. Right. They have not gone out and competed to try and turn this thing around as they promised all of us mm-hmm. when they made the deals. Oh, this is not going to be a long rebuild. We'll turn it around quickly. I hope they've got a lot of ducks lined up as soon as the lockout's over. Over 300 free agents still available out there at that uh, number last night on Twitter. Uh, White Sox across town on the south side, they uh, re-sign Lurie Garcia, utility guy. Still need a second baseman. Is that the biggest uh, concern or at least more likely area that the White Sox are going to address second base? Uh, That's one. I still think they need a left-handed bat. Whether that plays in right field, Michael Conforto's name has been bandied about. Why they're not involved on Kyle Schwarber, unless they're doing it very secretively. I keep hearing Schwarber's close on a deal with the Phillies. Mm -hmm. We'll find out. But I don't understand why they haven't been more active. They signed Kendall Graveman. That's a good signing. Now they have a trade chip in Craig Kimbrell, so they'll move him and his money, $16 million, and see if they could get a second baseman back. So there's a lot of ways they could go. I think fans are disappointed the Sox haven't been more aggressive. I think, and Rick Hahn said on our radio show two weeks ago, yeah, I'd like to add really good starting pitching to the group we already have. Because Michael Kopech, can you count on him for 180 innings? I don't. He was a reliever this year, and before that, he's coming off Tommy John surgery, and he opted out of the COVID year. He said, mentally, I'm just not there. So there's a lot of questions there. Why can the Mets go pay $130 million for Max Scherzer and the, and the White Sox can't? you imagine him fronting Lance Lynn and Giolito and Dylan Cease? Now you're talking about a really, really good team. But I'm sure Rick knows what he's doing. Rick Hahn, we'll find out. I think Sox fans are frustrated. Cap, great stuff. Thank you for doing this as always. We appreciate it. What, uh, what's your basketball schedule this week? Do you have a game this week? I got a game tonight, the Indiana State Sycamores at the Loyola Ramblers. Good stuff, Cap. You're a busy man. We'll talk to you in a week. Thank you, Capper. Look forward to it. Have a great day. Thank you, buddy. David Kaplan, uh, Centurion Stone of Iowa, sponsors the Cap Man. Well, the uh, the Big 12 schedule starting to come out football-wise. Oh, really? 2022. There's a Thursday date for Iowa State. Oh, wow. They play Oklahoma Thursday the 27th of what, what of was October. The October? Yep. October. October 27th, Thursday. Uh, okay. Thursday night. The week before that, they play, uh, I want to say, Texas. In fact, let me get it up in front of me right now. Uh, this is the Big 12. So uh, uh, Baylor's the first game. Mm-hmm. Texas, likewise. Uh, then Kansas State at home. 15th of October, Texas. Oklahoma on a Thursday. West Virginia is the final home game. Would there be one more after that? Sounds like Texas Tech, according to Mike (laughs) and Waterloo. Texas Tech is the final home game. They go to TCU to finish out the schedule. So the month of November is West Virginia at home at Oklahoma State, home to Texas Tech. That's the final home game. And then at TCU. They begin with... uh, Southeast Missouri is their first game of the year. Then they go to Kinnick, host Ohio, host Baylor, and then into October at Kansas, home to K-State, at Texas. Thursday, the 27th of October, the Sooners 
the Cyclones. ESPN. Are you sure it's going to happen? Great point. Great question. Am I sure it's going to happen? It's $160 million. Mm-hmm. Longhorn Network owes Texas $150 million when they fold up shop. Which is ESPN. Which is ESPN. Which pays the rights for the SEC. Mm-hmm. There'll be, there'll be a check scratch very easily. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. Look at these salaries that are being thrown around. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, crazy. The, the money is out there. It's $100 million, as Cappy just said. I don't... For Brian Kelly. Every other realignment news of a major level that we have seen, we're not talking Conference USA or Missouri Valley. Right, no. they don't linger. It happens right away. Uh-huh. And, and we yet, thought it would, when the story broke, that we thought this was going to, there's no way they're going to play after this year. Right. None. And I still don't believe that it, they're going to be there uh-huh. in 2022. So from here and out, that Thursday date sounds great, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter if it's in March or April or May. I think you're going to see Oklahoma and Texas very quickly in the SEC starting next year. We'll see. I'm, I I thought the same thing, Trent. Um, when when will we know? We mm. we can't wait till the end of the school year because mm. that's that, that's when they have to be in order. I would say April. April would probably be the time. And you could get and you could reschedule by then. Sure. We had team schedule on the fly last year. You no, know, don't don't put Kevin Warren in charge. No, absolutely not. <laughs> well, they, he won't be. But don't even seek advice. We consulting with well, we got Kevin Warren. <laughs> Yikes! Yikes! Uh, we'll take our time out. Mitch Holtis is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Sunday Night Football: Broncos and Chiefs. The Chiefs in the driver's seat. Imagine in the AFC West. Miller and Condon are on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Point for Family Dental. The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best fresh, never frozen wings. Buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop in Ankeny, Urbandale. With year-end approaching, you may have a surplus of dental care as part of your health plan. Fuller Dental has appointments available between now and year's end. Visit fullerdental.net or call 515-266-3437, 266-3437 to schedule your appointment at Fuller Podcasts. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, welcome back. Just past 1130 Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, as we take you up until noon. Well, the Chiefs coming out of their bye. They're back on the field this week. They host the Denver Broncos 7-4, and 6-5. and five. I mean, I guess 
first place is the AFC West is on the line. It sure is. Why why can't you be optimistic Aye. about your team? I just know how it's going to go. I Hello, just want Mitch. to hear you and Mitch go back and forth today. No, but you know what? When we used to talk to Mitch back in the day, I used to enjoy it way more <laughs> when my team was relevant again. How are you, pal? Well, it's the Ken Miller Bowl. <laughs> yes. uh, maybe we call it the Papa John's Bowl on Ken Miller Field or something. You know how the bowl games they'll put the uh, uh-huh. logo on the on the uh, labrum of the player, and so we need a Ken Miller face for this one. But you tricky Canadians, you sit there and kind of lull somebody, a little an opponent into your trap, uh-huh. and then snatch them, and that's where you're at right now. I know you're just. You're playing possum this week. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. I'm look at the Denver was not supposed to be in prime time at all, other than their, you know, the Thursday game that everybody has to uh, to play. And so for that reason, it'll be good to see him. I just hope it's not, um, you know, don't get blown out. It's a good game. So let's talk about the Chiefs coming out of their bye, Mitch Holtis. What do you think, um, injury wise? Who did this affect the most in a positive way? That the time off will do fill in the blank some really uh, really good in order for them to get through the rest of the season. Who did it affect? Travis Kelsey. Uh-huh. Uh, he's uh, the first, second, and third answer to the question. He is now at four thousand fifty snaps in three years and three quarters seasons. He is the only main player of all of them. Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones go right down the list that has not missed any time in that span due to injury. And he can get worn down, particularly when he's getting, you know, held and pulled and tugged and pinched and bit at the line of scrimmage. A lot of hard snaps, a lot of high leverage snaps. But for him to have this time off and get rejuvenated is a big deal for him, especially going into a stretch run in a division where there are no losing teams. The only NFL division where every team has a winning record and one game separates first from last couple of changes. A new depth chart came out this week, but overall, and no surprises. You're getting guys healthier. You mentioned that. You talk about Kelsey on and on and on. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We saw him back on the field trying to work his way completely into game shape. Him, Williams, and even McKinnick a little bit as a third down back. How does the rotation go going forward in your mind with that group? Honestly, I think between those first two, it's 50-50, or if you're going to go 48-48-2 if you throw McKinnon into the mix. I don't think any discussion with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can be a singular discussion anymore, Trent, because of the emergence of Daryl Williams. And those two who are buddies, uh, going all the way back to LSU and D-Will was the big brother, if you will, for CEH, those two now have become a two-headed monster, much like Ken's team with having Melvin Gordon the second and Javante Williams, or the Raiders with Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. You now have another two-headed monster in the AFC West. So Clyde, uh, yes, moving forward, great, as a receiver, as a runner. But I think that's a two-headed monster now, and the two will even be in the lineup at the same time in some instances. So it's Clyde and Daryl together here, LSU Tigers all the way. Uh, Mitch, I want to I want to uh, stop the conversation about the the team and just because I don't want to not get come to the end and not have asked you about Curly Culp, who sadly passed away. I mean, Hall of Famer, what he did for the Chiefs going way back their first Super Bowl run. Uh, even if you're 
you know, you're not as old as us. You've heard the name Curly Culp in all likelihood. Uh, what did he mean to the team? Uh, and, um, you know, just, just his passing, he w- it was revealed like about two weeks ago that he uh, sadly had pancreatic cancer, and that's a fast-moving cancer yeah. as we've come to know. But uh, have, take a couple of minutes on Curly Culp. Well, he's one of the more, if not the most underrated player on the most underrated, powerful defense in pro football history. Mm-hmm. Now, you're thinking I'm being uh, hyperbole here. Take some time and give part of a show to the 69 Chiefs defense. Of those 11 players that beat the Vikings in Super Bowl four, six are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow. This is reminiscent of the 2000 Ravens, uh, somewhat the 85 Bears. I'll put them behind him so Bears fans, you can just stand down. <laughs> um, but they're in that they're in that discussion of top five. Buck Buchanan, Steelers. Early Culp up front. Steelers put him right in yeah, there. Steel yeah. curtain. I got yeah, it. Yep. Uh, top two Pro Football Hall of Fame defensive linemen. Pro Football Hall of Fame, not Chiefs Ring of Honor. Yeah. Two Pro Football Hall of Fame linebackers with Willie Lanier and Bobby Bell. Yeah. And two Pro Pro Football Hall of Fame DBs in Emmett Thomas and Johnny Robinson. Mm. Curley is the most underrated of those six. Uh, he helped Buck. Buck helped him, but a was ahead of his time was Curley in being the two-gap monster who could also penetrate if you wanted him to. Um, kind of a 1960s version of an Aaron Donald. Wow. Uh, he was amazing. And if you go back and watch them play, They just don't get enough due. That defense was phenomenal and historic. So to hear and see Curley pass uh, was sad. Uh, Buck passed way too soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, We still have Bobby. We still have Willie. uh, We still have Emmett. We still have Johnny. But that defense just needs a lot of of, uh, attention. I really like those uh, trips down memory lane. Good stuff out of you, Mitch Holtis. Joining us here. Mitch, uh, back to the here and now. Kyle Long, I'm a Bears fan, and I wasn't going to yell at you for the 85 Bears uh, comment there, but Kyle Long, a lot of injuries as his career developed. When he was healthy, he was excellent. Sat out last season. Now he is able to come back out there. He is uh, ready to return, maybe even as quickly as this week. What do you think's left in the tank of Kyle Long? What have you heard? What have you found out around the facility with him and what he can do for that offensive line? Here's what I've learned, Trent. And when I said stand down, I meant you, but I just didn't want to figure <laughs> you out. Yeah. Uh, Kyle loves being here. He loves this culture. And he's thinking, man, why wasn't I here a couple of years ago? Now, where does he fit in? Because the Chiefs offensive line is starting to mesh, and especially the guards. Tooney right now, 414 snaps, no sacks allowed, uh, is pretty phenomenal. Creed Humphrey right now is the highest-rated rookie in any position, pro football focused, and Trey Smith isn't far behind. So where does Kyle Long fit in? Possibly at right tackle, possibly a few situations where the Chiefs would go unbalanced. And don't overlook that. You're thinking, well, that's not what the Chiefs do. Well, they might some, uh, particularly with the aforementioned two-headed monster we talked about in, in Edwards, Hilaire, and Williams. So Kyle Long has still got enough in the tank to look at ways of creatively getting him into the lineup, even if he doesn't fit in your base set. Uh, But he's happy to be here, and I see him doing something somewhere sometime. 
Uh, Mitch Holtis, a couple more minutes. Mitch, we'll let you go. Papa John's Central Iowa sponsor. Mitch, the the AFC um, o- overall from you know you got I'm not sure what you your plans were last weekend. I'm sure Thanksgiving and family such a rarity to have that weekend off uh, for folks that work in the NFL. Uh, but look, don't look now. Here are the New England Patriots uh, at the top of the uh, AFC East, which is remarkable in and its own right. Baltimore's Baltimore, Cincinnati's catching some folks off guard. Tennessee seemingly going the other way. Point being, one seed, it's just so important with only one buy, is still very much attainable. But your just your view of the AFC as we sit here heading into December. Looking at a Thanksgiving casserole <laughs> and saying, what's all in this? It seems tasty, but it just seems like there's a lot of stuff in this. The AFC West is a casserole, and nobody is stepped forward. That's where I think the Chiefs are dangerous. I look at it myopically here, so forgive me. Mm-hmm. But there are teams like the Bills or the Titans or the Ravens that thought we could have buried the Chiefs. Yep. They could be the uh, Arizona Cardinals, the, the other teams that I mentioned, and be 9-2. and two. They're not. They're not. Everybody's in this same bowl of stew or casserole, and it's going to be who gets hot at the end. There is no clear-cut favorite. You can make a case for every team you mentioned. I could make a case against every team you mentioned, uh, including the Chiefs. So it's going to be wild, wild in this division, the AFC West, in the next five weeks. It'll be six weeks. The next, It'll be wild in the AFC. And that one seed is going to boil down to, I think, the last quarter of the last regular season game, which is on January 9th Love it. this year. So I don't think anything will be decided before then. It's wide open. What is the most important in-division rivalry for the Chiefs in Kansas City? Is it the Raiders or is it the Broncos? That seems like a tie. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to give you a – I mean, that's a wishy-washy answer. You're like, come on, man, step out there so we can <laughs> have a hot take. And I would tell you, No. Uh, those two are side by side. Now, the Charger fans, are there Charger fans? <laughs> would be saying, because they're, they're left in San Diego and they're not happy. A lot of them become Chiefs fans, by the way. Um, uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's just Raiders-Broncos tied. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the intensity of both rivalries is outstanding. It's great. It's why we love professional football. But I don't get the sense that, oh, I hate the Broncos more than the Raiders or Raiders more than the Broncos. Now, geographically, you get to the western parts of the Chiefs' kingdom, uh, it becomes more of a battleground, western Nebraska, western Kansas. Um, but really, if you collect, if you pull a card, red-blooded card-carrying member of the Chiefs' kingdom, they would tell you it's right down the middle. It's 1A, 1B. Uh, between the Raiders and the Broncos. Yeah, I, I think as a Bronco fan, kind of feel the same way. Yeah. Going back just kind of depends on the era, right? I, as I looked at it, it was Raiders, yep. Chiefs, and then Elway came along and, and Schott, uh, Schottenheimer and, and Shanahan. And so, it, was so, oh, it was unbelievable. Uh, Mitch Holtis, great stuff. Just so you know in advance, uh, I'm off Monday through Wednesday, so I won't be ducking you next week <laughs> knowing that Sunday night's probably not going to go my squad's way. But uh, nonetheless, Papa John's, we're sick of turkey it's pizza time again uh they're doing it right here in central Iowa with the donaldson's what have they got cooking in the month of december sunday night football is huge with papa john's pizza especially in des moines and by the way speaking of des moines it's not often i get to talk about a drake football player so yeah uh he caught a touchdown last Sobert. week eric Sobert, the tight end for the from the uh 
Broncos from the Drake Bulldogs. A shout-out to him. Uh, and by one of my favorite Papa John's locations that the Donaldsons have, which is near the Drake campus. But Sunday night football is big for them and for Papa John's. So work ahead. Think ahead. You can order online, papajohns.com. Look at their specials. Uh, but I'm telling you, Sunday night football, Broncos Chiefs, Papa John's Pizza. Other than the Iowa State Fair, does it get any bigger than that? I really, or better than that? I really don't believe it does. I, I truly don't. Uh, Mitch, okay. I'll, I'll speak yep, with you yep. in two weeks. Trent will have you next week. Uh, thanks for doing this, as always, Mitch Holtz. appreciate it. Trent, do you see how he plays this? Mm-hmm. I do. You see how he, he just, how coy he is? It's like, oh, you're going to smoke us. And, uh, come on, he knows. He's lying in the weeds. It's a, it's a Canadian tactic. Very tricky. And very, very shrewd. That is Ken Miller. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate it. Good to talk to you. <laughs> Thank you, shrewd. See, see you, buddy. <laughs> right. Take care. Mitch Holtz is voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Papa John's Central Iowa sponsors uh, Mitch Holtz. How stuff. are the Broncos 6-5? and five? I have no idea. You Trent. watch, obviously, every minute of it. Yeah. I, and I Sauber, get... by the way, that was a big-time spike when he caught that touchdown pass. Anyways. They're a hard, they're a hard team to watch. They are, Trent. They don't have a quarterback, and right. I love Bridgewater's story. They don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got two good running backs. They've they tried to go Drew Lockett with the injury. Yeah, and he came in and he fumbled and he threw a pick. <laughs> so you don't have so to worry about that. get back yet. out there. You heard or not. Um, yeah. But behind door number two, you know, is... Yeah, it's not there. There's a zoink. It's, a, it's the what they call the booby prize. Right. Um, I don't know how they're... They've got some parts. They've really got some parts. Sure. But it's just that. It's just... Patrick Sertan is going to be really good. Yeah. Should have taken a quarterback. Well, you you say that every year, though, Ken. But you want a quarterback every year. Yes, because it's been a long time. Well, look, I can't complain. No, right? you can't. But you do. I know. Because I've got a microphone in front of me. <laughs> um, and isn't it fun? Yes. I don't know how they're 6-5 and five to answer your question. Well, look, at Jacksonville it. Jets Giants certainly got them off that on helps. the right foot. Yeah. They were 3-0. and oh. But two now, away, two away from cashing that over. Let's go. I think you're going to get there. Look, I've got a ticket. You think I'm down on my squad, which I normally, you know, I'm, I'm, I objectively look at my team. Mm-hmm. I I bet them to make the playoffs. You did at plus one eighty. Yeah, it was good. It was good, decent price. number. I didn't bet the the win total. I bet them to make the playoffs. So I don't know. Chargers going the wrong way. They're not good. Raiders Their defense are so is inconsistent. terrible. Yeah, Thanksgiving was great, but. I can't trust that team. It's obviously Kansas City is the class, but if you had to pick a second team, <laughs> it might be the Broncos. Well, the Raiders, the way that how they beat the Cowboys, yeah, I, I, I see that as a dead cat bounce more than anything. Well, okay. they've been through so much. If it, it you're true. That's incredibly true. If it, they are this the gap between the first and the second, whoever that, is, <laughs> right. it's still massive. Massive, massive, massive. When we come back, I'll have my play of the day. I also want to be? take a look at those divisional odds in the AFC West. You got me. Well, you're, you're, I've seen what you're doing on your futures. You've cashed a few of them lately. We're, we're building a bankroll. Indeed, you are. Boy, I wanted to bet Purdue last night, and just mm-hmm. I talked you out of you it. You did, and I, I gave you four picks. No, I mean Purdue in the futures to win it oh. all, but I've got too many. I've got Kansas, I've got Texas, I've got Gonzaga. <laughs> oh, you and your futures. I, I just can't I just can't keep betting them. I'm, I'm shutting your app down at 9 o'clock. 
830. 8.30. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. KXNO. Market homeowners have two questions. What's the best time to rent out my home? And what's the best way to do it? The best time is when you're moving, relocating, combining households, inheriting a house, or you just don't want to pay a mortgage anymore. The best way to rent? Hire Renter's Warehouse. Whether you have one home or a property portfolio, Renter's Warehouse does the work so you don't have to. They perfectly price your property so you don't have to. They find great tenants in just 17 days on average so you don't have to. And for a small flat monthly fee, their professional landlords manage your property 24-7 so you don't have to. Collect the rent? You don't have to. Maintenance, inspections, and tax paperwork? You don't have to. There's no upfront fees, no binding contracts, and you can cancel at any time. Find out what your home will rent for by calling 515-528-4429 or go to renterswarehouse.com. That's renterswarehouse.com. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You can't buy happy. Bets off. Do you remember the time Jordan won the first of his three-peat championships? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, wolf.com. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-1-800-BETS-OFF. It's time for Trent's Pick of the Day. Brought to you by Circus Sports Iowa. Here's Ken and Trent. All right, final couple of minutes here. Forgot to do this earlier. I have to take a minute to thank Centurion Stone of Iowa for sponsoring David Kaplan, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Uh, you can find them the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street. And those of you who may be looking for that showroom, you may be looking for manufactured or natural stone to accent or update your exterior or your interior project of any size. Centurionstoneofiowa.com is the website. Your play of the day, sponsored by Circa Sports. Plays of the day. Plays of the day. I gave you four yesterday. They went three and one. Right. And we gave you a six-pack here today. We're going to fire through these quickly. You have to. We're almost out of time. Coastal Carolina plus six and a half at home against South Carolina. Okay. In-state rivalry there. NC State laying the seven against Nebraska. Cornhuskers still stink. 6-15, I believe, has that Th- This one doesn't make sense. Maryland only favored by a point against Virginia Tech Sorry. at home. Yep. I'm, I'm going to jump on the Terps. I'm going to play Iowa State. Arkansas Pine Bluff may be the worst team in college basketball. They're terrible. Awful. And you're laying 27? I'll lay the 27 with the Cyclones. UCF, they're getting 10 at Auburn. Auburn's pretty good. UCF's pretty good, too. I think that'll be a tighter game than the 10. And Georgia Tech getting four at home against Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, you know what? This uh, the, the ACC Big Ten Challenge, it's, it's found a place. And it feels like every year, it's especially for somebody like you that's much more football-heavy, Yeah. It kinda, I can feel you... Gravitating it just—it's a great point. It's a great bridge yep. to get you into college basketball yep. season, because feast week for somebody like you—it's yeah. tough, right? It's football season, right, right? I'm watching. I'm watching action. Exactly. That you watch crappy Mac football. <laughs> I watch crappy games between 
Auburn and Coastal Carolina in basketball we're yeah. different that way but i can just see how you're very slowly creeping back over this way well look Purdue's got i was got purdue on on friday night i wanted to watch them last night but i'm not sure boy i hope hawk fans whew, they are salty and tickets are pricey to get I in bet. the building well i mean uh hawkeye fans are making their way east uh murph and andy in an hour and five minutes the real tour and the restaurant tour at three you like the new name for the show? That's pretty good. Real tour and the restaurant tour at 3. Puck Central tonight at 6. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays, then to noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.